Well, good morning. Uh, praise team, once again, we say this every week, but we just appreciate you uh, getting us ready uh, to hear the word of the Lord. And uh, man, the, the music was just so right on with uh, with the message that uh, the Lord gave me this week and uh, excited about that. And if you'll go ahead and put slide one up. I, before I get into my sermon, uh, slide one's by faith, because that's all it is. Um, I want to say this. I would much rather be a sermon than preach a sermon, okay? And I think that's what God wants us to be as a church. And, and it's important. Sermon's important. Teaching's important. But God wants us to act that out. And that's what the by faith is all about. That's what... Zach's been talking about. That's what um, I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, so we want to be a sermon. So, so in that line of thought, if you were a lady that was here for the ladies' meeting this past week, um, I don't even know what's the. Is it just ladies' group? Okay. Um, if you'll go ahead and stand up, if you was part of that this week and you you help make uh, gift bags, you go ahead and stand up. If you were here this past week and you made gift bags, okay, uh, we want to just tell you right now that you guys were living a sermon this week. Uh, I was one of those that benefited from the snack bags, and uh, these ladies don't play when they make bags of snacks. I'm just telling you, my, my, my kids, you can be seated, my kids uh, still have some of the snacks left over, believe it or not, uh, these, these bags, but we... The ladies uh, this past week, uh, the youth were going to be going to Virginia Tech to see uh, Christian and Megan Hurl, uh, two of our missionaries that we support uh, locally. And uh, when we got here, I'm telling you, the, the bags of candy, moon pies, uh, which I really like. I, I like all of them, one of my kids. But uh, so we really appreciate that. That's, that's what you call being a sermon. You're you're living out and activating your faith. The ladies also were able to uh, uh, give Christian and Megan uh, a homewarming gift and uh, a gift card that uh, they really appreciated. They were encouraged. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, brag on our church for being a sermon this week, the ladies group. And I know there was a lot of people doing a lot of things. Um, now, if you were a young person that uh, went on the uh, mission trip, this past Wednesday, stand up. I know several, several of you are uh, here. Hey, let me just tell you something. Look around. These young people are fantastic, other than their music selection. Uh, I was on the van. I drove the van, so let me just say, uh, I don't like the movie Frozen that well, and I, I have that song in my head. Uh, but uh, these young people are incredible. I want you to see this. No, stay standing for just a minute. I know you hate this, but... Um, we walked four and a half miles around Virginia Tech campus in about 90 degree heat uh, with limited uh, beverages. And uh, they, hey, no complaints. Uh, we were prayer walking the campus. It was incredible. And then we, right after that, when everybody's sweating and we go to uh, clean the loft, an area where students go, uh, the air conditioning wasn't working. No complaints. Uh, just incredible. Thank you guys. You can be seated. They were being a sermon. 
they, they were being a sermon this week. And, uh, you know, we've, we've challenged our church because we believe it's biblical, but we want to be always living out the mission God gave us. Gathering, which we're doing today, growing, giving, going, and that, that's what the church is about. So, um, uh, again, thank you guys. All right, we're going to get into the message. I've got a lot of uh, uh, scripture to read, and um, so I'm going to try to get into it pretty quick. But if, if you'll look, this is incredible. This story, you know, we've been talking about a lot of, uh, need a little bit more loose here, excuse me. Uh, we've been talking a lot about these incredible men and uh, women of faith. This week we're going to focus on one that uh, it's unusual. Uh, slide two, it says, by faith, Rahab. By faith, Rahab. Now, that's incredible in and of itself. We're going to read Hebrews 11 in just a moment. But Rahab was a prostitute, a harlot, one that was hopeless, living in a wicked, wicked city. Jericho, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. But I want you to, to hear from, by faith, Rahab, somebody that had no standing in society, and yet she makes the Hall of Fame, the heroes and the heroines of the faith. She makes it into Hebrews 11. And let, let's look at that. Hebrews 11 and verse 30 and 31. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Now that's going to be key in verse 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were being disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So we get Hebrews setting the stage for this lady that was lowly in society. Nobody even uh, thought much of her and her profession and what she did. And yet, it says, by faith, two verses I read because they're important. I, I want to I magnify these verses. I read Jericho first. It said, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. The incredible thing about that is, in those verses, Jericho was an unstoppable city. The walls were they had double walls. They had 46-foot high walls. They were on a mountain. It, the walls jutted out outward. So it was, it was almost impossible. Matter of fact, enemies just didn't even worry about fighting against Jericho because, hey, we're not going to win. So years and years, nobody would touch the city of Jericho because it was impossible. And yet you got the flip side. Here's this prostitute in the city in a fortified city. Nobody's going to take the city, and yet it says, by faith, Rahab didn't act disobedient like the rest of the whole city. That's important to know. Uh, because it would be like, I, I don't know why I thought of this story, but I thought about, you know when somebody's disobedient, it doesn't matter what you say, they still going to do what they're going to do. I don't even know why, but this morning I, I remembered this story, and I wasn't even planning to add it, but I lived uh, out in the country, and my, both my neighbors had, I think one neighbor had 50 acres, the other neighbor had 100 acres, so it was a playground for kids. It was incredible. Loved it. 
and uh, we had a lot of fun. But one day, uh, the farmer in the field beside us was digging out this big, I don't even know what he was doing, but it was a big hole. Don't even know what it was. I was a little kid, my brother, and my mom, she was getting ready to get on the phone, and she said, now look, because she could see we we're, were eyeing it. You do not go jump over that fence and go to where that hole is. I don't want you to get hurt. Well, you know, two boys. Me and my brother looked at each other. I mean, as soon as she went, I mean, the door ain't even closed. And we, we were outside. The door hadn't closed. She went inside. I'm like, we're going to that hole. This is a boy's adventure. We're doing it. And I remember, I mean, we went out there quick as we could trying to, you know, fool my mom. And uh, it wasn't, I mean, we, did, we didn't get back to the carport garage area. So my mom, I mean, she, I mean, she lit into us. And we knew we were in trouble. I mean, because we were defiant. And we were getting a little bit older, and, and she couldn't be as disciplinary as she needed to be with boys that were getting older. And she said, that's it. I'm not even going to try to discipline you. You're going to wait till your father comes home. And isn't that the death sentence? Isn't it? So now you're waiting all day for the, the hammer to drop. And it dropped. It dropped. But anyway, that's what this verse is talking about. This whole town of Jericho, man, they were defiant. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'll do exactly what I want to do. That's the difference. Rahab, by faith, she went against being disobedient, and she began to follow God. So let's look at, I want you to see what Jericho was like. So we're going to read a couple of verses to explain that. And um, I titled this, uh, next slide, this is what Jericho would be like from hell, the harlot, the hopeless. That gives you a snapshot of the city, okay? From hell, the harlot, hopeless. It was wicked, nothing good going on. And here we find Rahab. Matter of fact, I'm going to be honest, it, it makes me think about kids in public school trying to live for God in the public school system. Sort of like that. And a lot of the kids, you know what I'm talking about. It was bad when I went to school, but it's really bad now. And so that's what she's in. And so these verses will describe to you what Jericho was. Romans 1, 18 and 19 says this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That means that I'm going to be disobedient. I don't care what the truth says. I know it's true, but I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what it's saying. That's Romans 1. And then it goes on to say, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. So this is what wicked people do. Even if creation itself, which is what Romans 1 talks about, if we keep reading, which we don't have time to, it says they don't care that there's a creator. They don't care that there's a God. They're going to do whatever they want to do. So there's this wickedness. And God says there's never an excuse. When you can see creation and what God has done, if you'll take that little bit of truth that God gives you, he'll give you more truth. The whole town of Jericho says, no, we don't want that truth. 
but there was one. Before I read that, let me, let me read one other thing, Deuteronomy 9.5, that drives this point home. Jesus was talking about the promised land and, and the people that was going to be, God's people going to the promised land. This is what he said about them. You're going to get the promised land, not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart. You're going to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of the nations, Jericho's included in that, and that the Lord is driving them out before you, that he may confirm that the word, may, he may confirm that the word of the Lord swore to the forefathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's going, you know why you're going to take the land, Israelites? Because these people were so wicked. Finally, the judgment of God had come. Matter of fact, I'll tell you just a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to go into all the wickedness because it would be depressing. But I'll tell you one depressing thought. I shared this with Malachi yesterday. But this, this place was so wicked that in these towns, when they would make build walls, they would take glass jars and put live babies in it and sacrifice to their gods and put them in the wall. Just one aspect of their wickedness. And there were so many others. And God says, I've had enough. I've had enough. So it was a hopeless town, a, a terrible town. Matter of fact, let me just say this, because Jericho, really, I think you could make this argument, uh, and we're going to read it in just a minute. They were walled in the city. They didn't realize it, but they were imprisoned to their sin. And God was about to destroy the whole city. And you know what? That's what Satan does to us. He tries to hold us into a, a sin that's got a hold of you and and you, you know you need to be free, you know you need to be set free, and, and you keep falling into that same sin, and, and it, it's like a prison, and Satan's going, no, don't, don't, don't go out of the safety of the prison. There's, there's fun in this for a while. And God's going, no, I want to make a way for you. I want to make a way out for you. Well, that's where the, the beauty of this story comes in. If uh, we go to the next slide, it says, I, I wrote this down, the heroine. I love what... Uh, Webster calls a heroine. It's a woman admired for her courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. <laughs> Does that sound like Rahab, the prostitute? She's in Jericho. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it, does it? But let's look at uh, the rest of the story. I love this story. Joshua 2, uh, and starting in verse 1, it says this. Now Joshua, son of Nun, sent out two men from the Achaia Grove to spy out secretly, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. I'm stopping here because I, I love this. You know, Joshua didn't have the whole idea of what God was going to do yet and how he was going to let them take the land. And so he was doing what a military general would do, send out spies. He had learned from the mistakes of a past spy mission with 12. So this time he doesn't tell the Israelite people what he's doing. He sends two spies secretly. But what we know and what God knew, Joshua didn't know at the time, these spies were really sent 
to rescue Rahab. It had nothing to do with military strategy, even though they thought it did. So they went to Rahab's house out of the whole city. Isn't that ironic? Goes on to say, verse 2, And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. The spies weren't too good. Okay, They got spotted right away. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Wow. Faith moment. She's been caught. The men are in her house. What's she going to do? Now, again, she had no reason to put her faith in two strangers. But we're going to see that's exactly what she did. Matter of fact, uh, what's called the Midrash is an ancient commentary. They believe that Ruth, uh, excuse me, Rahab was 10 years old um, when she first started hearing stories about Moses and the Red Sea and the Israelites. We're going to see that in a minute. And so she was probably about 50 years old, according to the Midrash, in this story. And what does she do? The king's got her dead to rights. Send out the spies, verse 4. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So the way I read it, they're knocking at the door. She knows she's in trouble. She decides to hide the guys against the king's authority. What faith. She didn't know how this was going to play out. Again, trusting in God and these two strangers. The woman took the two men and hid them and said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut and when it was dark, that the men went out where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up on the roof and had hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. As soon as they pursued and had gone out, they shut the gate. It's incredible. She sends them on a wild goose chase. What if the king came back? What if he came back and did a better search of her property? Maybe she would have got killed for her faith. Here's where it really gets good. Because she's already expressing faith, and God's taking the truth that she knows of, the story she had heard. Verse 8, this is where, again, be a sermon don't just preach one. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did we remain any more or have courage because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. 
Now, a lot of people's going, man, there's something to this God, but yet they're still walking disobedient. Salvation doesn't come when you keep walking disobedient. Rahab goes, hey, hey, guys, I heard the stories as a little girl. And in my opinion, she's going, I believe God sent you here divinely for me and my family. And I'm asking you to do a favor for me. She goes, now I beg you, I swear, swear to me by the Lord. Swear to me by the Lord. I have shown you kindness. Now will you show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all they have and deliver our lives from death? Sounds like a heroine to me. How about to you? You know, I'm not going to read it, but uh, James 2.25 talks about Abraham and his faith. It talks about Rahab and her faith. And it's talking about works, what they did. This was incredible. And if I read the rest of the story, which I'm not going to do, we know the story. They, they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to spare you. But you've got to throw the scarlet cord out your window. And you better believe she had that scarlet cord out her window as soon as they left. Here's what you may not realize. It was 10 days that Rahab had to be in her house, walled up in her home, waiting for God to set her family free. She didn't know how things were going to play out. And yet, her faith stayed strong, and she did what God told her to do. I, I saw this quote, and I, forgive me, I didn't reference who uh, wrote it, uh, but it's on the screen. I love this because I believe this is really one of the best faith quotes I've ever seen. It says this, Faith is belief plus unbelief and acting on the belief part. Faith is unbelief. <laughs> Faith is belief plus unbelief and acting on the belief part. Isn't that what it really is like? Don't you think Rahab at times had doubts over those 10 days? Don't you, so many times when God wants you to do something, you might be 80% certain, but you got this little bit of doubt? I thought, man, that, that's really, in a nutshell, what faith looks like. We... we we don't hardly ever have 100% clarity on things. You just, you know. You know God's wanting you to do it, but your, your flesh, your, your human nature, you go, man, I, I just don't know. And, and it's the battle. I, I know I do that constantly a lot of times. I'm going, God, are you sure? This seems weird. I, I believe that's what Rahab was going through, but she just, she went all in. She said, I'm, I'm going to let the doubt part just stay over here. I'm, I'm all in. That's why she made Hebrews 11. That's why she's written about in James. She, become a, she became a heroine. Um, matter of fact, before I, I go to the next point, I, I, wanna, I, I didn't put this on the screen, but if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. This lady that uh, did a study on Rahab, she, she wrote this quote. I love it. Her name's Alonda. Tanner. This is what she said. 
the identity we have in him, in God, Jesus, transcends the broken person we were before him. Hopeless, harlot, hell, till all of a sudden, heroin. That's the greatest thing about Rahab. This lady, completely forgiven, and she becomes a hero. Hero. Heroin. Incredible. So I don't care where you, at, where you are today in your walk with God. If you're on the, the pit at the bottom and, and you've been walking defiantly, disobediently, you're Jericho if there ever was a Jericho. God said, hey, there's hope. There's a Rahab. There's a Rahab story. Matter of fact, I watched a couple of stories about prostitutes that had uh, gotten saved. And one of the prostitute stories I was watching the other night, the lady goes, somebody told me to read the Bible, and I just started reading it, and I was still in my lifestyle, still doing the, the, all the things because I felt like I had to to make money and, and, and all this stuff. And she said, then I came across a story in the Bible, Rahab, the prostitute. I never heard anybody preach on that, and I was reading it, and I was going, there's hope for me. I don't care where you are, there's hope for you. There's a God who is loving and has grace. But you have to choose it. But let's go to the, the last point. The heritage of Rahab. Matthew 1.5, this is incredible. Matthew 1.5, it says this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Jesus made sure that we put this lady, Rahab, in genealogies this is not common okay salmon the father of boaz by rahab boaz the father of obed by uh, by ruth and obed the father of jesse jesse the father of david who was the king the heritage when you by faith trust god god's going to give you a heritage that will outlive you. Rahab's heritage. She was the great, great grandmother of King David. Wow. And Rahab gave up everything to follow God. And God honored it. She uh, was given the lineage of Christ but I want you to understand this as parents as grandparents if you give that kind of heritage you know what's going to take place a domino effect you know what the domino effect looks like again I didn't put this uh, on the screen but it's 1 Samuel 17 54 when David killed Goliath a lot of people don't know this part of the story. David knew the stories from his great-great-grandmother, from his great-great-grandfather, from his parents. He knew the stories of what faith looked like. He knew what God had promised the people of God. You'll take the cities of the promised land. And so David, as a young teenage boy, grabbed the head of Goliath and walked. I don't know how he got there, but he either walked, traveled, donkey, who knows. But he took the head of Goliath 
and he showed the city of Jerusalem, the Jebusites, that God says we're going to destroy. He said, hey, I'm holding on to the promises of God because I've got a heritage from my great-great-grandparents to my parents, and I want to keep walking the heritage. That's what God wants us to do as followers of him. As I finish, from Rahab, a harlot, a prostitute, hopeless, to Rahab, the righteous, the redeemed, the revived, the rejuvenated, that we'll see in heaven, that's who we're talking about today. By faith, Rahab. May you be encouraged. Let us pray. Jesus, what an incredible woman of God who, against all odds, trusted you. Lord, I don't know if there's someone here today that has never really went all in for God and, and trusted you. But Lord, if there's someone here, I pray that they would just right now in the attitude of their heart say, God, I need you. I want you. I want to live for you. I really want to be sold out completely. Lord, if that's them, Lord, I pray they just, again, talk to you right now as I'm praying. But God, there's a lot of us that we know you. Lord, help us to be heroes. Help us to be heroines. Help us to be willing to rescue those that are in Jericho, those that will soon perish. Help us to have a heart for you. Help us, as Zach has challenged us, to at least reach our one. Thank you, God, for the truth of your word. Thank you for the encouragement of Rahab. We pray this in the name above all names, the Lord Jesus.